TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's Keith McPherson on The Fan. 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Friday on the fan, my last show of the week, KM in the PM. Let's do the damn thing. 877-337-6666. There's so much to go over. So much happened on Friday, the Friday sports news dump. I don't think we have enough time to get through it, but I'll try to speed through my open right here, and then uh, you'll call me up. We'll talk to everything, or we'll talk about everything, and we'll talk to our guests, and we'll watch the live games, and next thing you know, It'll be Capper and Carino, Brooklyn Nets Radio at 1020. So what's on TV tonight? The Devils versus Blue Jackets, Islanders versus Blackhawks, and yes, Nets versus Lakers, nationally televised on ESPN. Oh, great. I think I'm going to skip this one tonight. Who am I kidding? No, I'm not. I'm going to go home and watch the game, uh, crack a beer, and hope that the Nets fight and win for pride, but it's the worst time. It's not a good time. All right, enough about the Nets. You know, similar to Evan, I come in, say what I got to say about the Nets, and then that's it. My guest tonight, NFL on NBC, no, NFL on CBS, sorry, Charles. Charles Davis, who calls games on CBS with Iron Eagle, will join me at 7.30 to talk about football, the divisional round. Man, I don't know what to think about these games. I have so many thoughts about these games. I'll give you my picks by the end. I know someone's going to get upset. I know someone's going to get beat at home. I just don't know who. Is it going to go chalk? It can't go all completely chalk. Maybe it could. Maybe it could. Got to check the weather in Baltimore, Santa Clara, Buffalo. Got to talk about these quarterbacks. Got to talk about these coaches, these defenses. We'll we'll get all the way into that. But other football news. uh, Giants tight end, number 12, Darren Waller. Had a lot of free time this season. Album coming soon. Had the bars ready for a Freestyle Friday. Darren Waller has announced that he's recording an album and plans to release the single in February. I think he should have waited. I think he should have waited to drop the little clip. I mean, I was feeling it. Like, I just, you know, I like hip-hop. I like to see these ballers try to rap. You know, they say rappers want to be athletes. Athletes want to be rappers. Um, I think we have the clip of it. I I thought it was better than Young Joker. I thought it was better than uh, Kadarius Tony's bars. I just think we live in a time where people are just so, like, tone deaf, unaware. (laughs) You miss so much time. Your team missed the playoffs. We're still talking about Wink Martindale. I just imagine Brian Dable seeing this. This comes across Brian Dable's desk. He's like, oh, really? (laughs) You have a rap album coming. Remember in the preseason, all the hype about Darren Waller and Daniel Jones and how they were dominating in practice and Darren Waller was going to be his number one target this year? Like... Nah, but I'm looking forward to his rap album. 877-337-6666. Another giant, but a Giants legend, Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce is finalizing a deal with the Raiders to actually be their head coach. I mean, that's great, man. And I know there was a lot of people saying, oh, no, you know, he was an interim head coach and it was cool for a little while. But the biggest thing is, you know, Arguably their best player on offense and defense endorsed him. Devontae Adams lobbied for him publicly. Uh, Max Crosby came out today and before. And, then, you know, you you can't lose the locker room. Similar to Mike McCarthy, right? And I was talking about last night how right away after the game, Dak said, if he's on the hot seat, I'm on the hot seat. Jake Ferguson came out 
and, and celebrated him returning. Like, you can't lose the locker room. It's not worth bringing a John or Jim Harbaugh in. We'll talk about John Harbaugh later. It's not worth bringing in a Bill Belichick because you think that's the right move. You, you got to do what the players want in a way. You want them to play for a guy that they like. And, you know, if there's a guy that they like, chances are you get the best out of them. So um, congrats to Antonio Pierce. I know he interviewed, I think he interviewed with the Titans and maybe the Falcons. And, you know, I had the thought, I'm like, oh, that's an easy Rooney rule. Uh, guy to just interview and, you know, scratch that off the list. Okay, now we can move on. But, yeah, I think uh, the, the Raiders is a good spot for him. He's a Compton guy. He embodies uh, the essence of the Raiders. I know the fans were into it. So good for Antonio Pierce getting that job. Now, I know you guys all want to talk baseball, so I'll save the football for 730 when we get Charles Davis on. Gary Phillips will join me. I think Gary is uh, is down there in Tampa. I'm not sure if Gary's actually down there in Tampa. We were talking today, and I think I retweeted one of his tweets. Gary writes uh, for uh, New York Daily News covering the Yankees, and you know he's just going to be able to help me talk some of these Yankee fans off the ledge. He's going to help me like literally go player by player, uh, position by position, and talk about the Yankees and where they are because I still just don't understand – all of the outrage, all of the, you know, this, this, everyone's just outraged because it's, it's fake outrage. It's, it's Twitter. It's online. And, you know, that's a place where you can go and say and do anything. It's not real life. But I just don't get the Yankee fan that's unsatisfied right now. I don't get the Yankee fan that's like, oh, no, I can't trust the, oh, no, this is not enough. What if this happens? What if? What if? What if? What if? What if, what if this happens around the league? I went back today. And I looked at the standings from 2023 and the standings from 2022. And, you know, I just had a lot to say online today as, I don't know, I guess, you know, me being on WFAN, me being someone that's been in Yankee Twitter for years, if I celebrate something, if I say I'm cool with something, somebody has to counter. Somebody just has to say, but what if this? What if this? Like, yeah. You know, what if Judge runs into a wall and misses two months of the season and only plays 106 games? Season's derailed. What if Nestor Cortez can't go? What if Rizzo gets concussed? Like, I just feel like people want to hold on to 82 and 80 so bad. It's a one-off. It doesn't happen that often. How, how, how many 82-win seasons can you remember? It was the worst season of the young fans' lives. The chances of that happening again are much smaller. Like, I, I just, I look at what they've done, and, and I, I see the sense of urgency, and I get it. So, you know, of course... I'm talking to people, and I think I'm, I'm I'm pretty fair on Twitter. Like, you know, I try to go go back and forth with people. I talk to everybody about all these things. Uh, I don't look at myself as someone that, like, you know, tries to stay away from Twitter. No, it's a platform. And honestly, you know, I built myself up on Twitter. Like, I was born in Twitter. I was born in the darkness. You simply adopted it. So I go on Twitter today, and my message, well, the first thing I was thinking was, yo, what's the update on Wandy Peralta? And why did Glaber Torres post Gio Urshela? And we didn't get any updates on that. But I went on this long conversation about people wanting to hang on to 82 and 80 and all the reasons why that happened. And you don't have half as many reasons why that'll happen. And I'm going to keep telling you on air and online until opening day. And you know what? If we get into the Yankee season and the Yankees suck, guess who's going to be the first one on after the Yankee post game every night, probably coming from the stadium, telling you it's not good enough. They need to make moves. They need to do more. But Cash told you yesterday that they will work and they will do more until it's pencils down on trade deadline day. So my message today, looking at, you know, just thinking about last year, and Paulie and I were talking about this, like there's so many generic Yankee fans online that have built followings that don't go to the stadium and don't really watch the games. They just helicopter in to scream fire Cashman. They helicopter in to trash the players and talk about the history and talk about the drought. And they don't really watch the games. So I said, Hicks is not on this team. Josh Donaldson is not on this team. Harrison Bader is gone. Estevan Floreal is gone. Ben Rortvet is not going to be relied on. Kyle Higashioka is gone. Jake Bowers, Billy McKinney, Greg Allen, IKF, Everson Pereira. They're getting zero at-bats. But Judge will be healthy. Anthony Rizzo will be healthy. Jose Trevino will be healthy. DJ LeMayu, John Carlos Stan, Anthony Volpe, Austin Wells, they all can improve. They all can bounce back, have better years than they had last year. Glaber Torres is one of the best second basemen in the league, duh. And then you add Alex Verdugo, you add Trent Grisham, 
Juan Soto is on this team. What else do you guys want? What else do you guys need? Oh, I get it. I know. They lost out on Josh Hader today. They didn't lose out on Josh Hader. I didn't see one report that the Yankees made an offer to Josh Hader. I didn't see one report that the Yankees were in on him. You wanted him. The Yankees never were in on him. The Yankees are probably thinking, ah, we'll save that $100 million. We'll apply that to the $600 million we're going to have to try and give Juan Soto next year. You can't lose something you never had. Josh Hader, Yamamoto, they were never yours, right? Maybe you were thinking about them. The Yankees might not have been thinking about them. Maybe the Yankees never even talked to them. Like, you can't lose something you never had. It's like the girl in high school you had a crush on. And she was never yours, bro. She was never interested in you. You had a crush on her. She, she responded to one text. That was never yours. That was never your girl. Anyway, we're going to talk through all the sports tonight. 877-337-6666. Mostly football and some baseball. NBA trade deadline is approaching. I saw a report that the Nets are going to be buyers. Whatever. But now I see that the Bucks are reportedly interested in DeJounte Murray. So now the Nets are interested in him. The Knicks are interested in him. The Knicks got to make a move. I know the Knicks need to make one more move. I'm not sure if it's going to be Bruce Brown. I'm not sure if it's going to be Malcolm Brogdon. But I think that one more move is going to help the Knicks tremendously. I think the Knicks are going to be a team we can rally around. I don't know so much about the Rangers, but we'll keep eyes on the Devils tonight, the Islanders tonight. And I feel like there's been a ton of talk about, like, Rob Sala of the Jets and what they need to do. My guy Brandon London is going to join me at 930. We're going to talk about the Giants and what the Giants need to do. Because when you look at the Giants offseason, I heard one of my drops today, Keith McPherson at night, where I was talking about the Giants actually closing the gap on the Dallas Cowboys and the Eagles. They can do it because they have the draft, the draft capital. They're going to turn over a lot of these guys. A lot of these guys are going to leave. They're going to be able to bring in top-flight free agents if they hit on a Bobby Okereke type again. If they hit on a Deontay Banks type again in the draft, I think the Giants can close the gap, but they got to hit, and they got to hit on all their coaches. So, you know, that's a lot of ifs. Just like the Yankee fan is looking around, oh, there's a lot of ifs, Keith. There's so many ifs. That's sports. That's why we watch. That's why you can gamble on this stuff. 877-337-6666. Let's break it down. We'll take your calls right after this. The fan is better when you're a part of it. Call us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. Hey, hey, hey. Mac, I'm going in. All right. So we're inside the 7 o'clock hour. I've got about three hours here, KM and the PM, taking your calls at 877-337-6666. Let's try and get to the baseball conversation. Are the Mets going to sign Jorge Soler, J.D. Martinez, or are they done? We were talking about that last night. Oh, Luke Weaver. You just heard that. Luke Weaver. It's official. Right? Yankee fans are looking for another arm. We need a sign. Another. Come on. This is a, Keith, what about the rotation? Nestor Cortez was hurt last year. We can't expect Garrett Cole to win the Cy Young back-to-back years. Carlos Rodon sucks. Look at his ERA. Luke Weaver. Just announced one-year major league contract for the 2024 season. You know, I just, I don't know. I'm not I'm not so worried. If they did nothing, then I'd be worried. They completely changed the complexion of the team. The biggest thing for me is the team's going to look and feel different. They were lifeless at times last year. I was ranting and raving last night about all the bums that they trotted out there and all the bums that they lost to. Now there's a different aura, a different energy about them this year. And Boone was on foul territory today. Shout out to uh, Todd Frazier, Eric Kratz, Scott Braun. Uh, you know, they do a great show. I've been on that show. And I watched it today. And, and you know, Boone was a- answering everything about the lineup. You know, talking about Soto batting second and Judge batting third. DJ Verdugo, Glaber could all lead off. I don't think he mentioned Volpe. But then, you know, there's also conversation about who's down there in Tampa. Guys are down there early. They're bought in. I know a lot of you probably saw Volpe at the Tampa Bay Lightning game with Baker Mayfield. It's funny. I think that, like, Tampa Bay Bucks hang out with the New York Yankees because George M. Steinbrenner Field's right across the street from Raymond James Stadium. They cross paths a lot. How could they not? So we'll talk Yanks. Um, Gary Phillips will check in with us at 8.30. 7.30 is when we're really going to dive into this weekend's NFL divisional round games, man. 
you know, C.J. Stroud versus Lamar Jackson has been on my mind heavy. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll save my takes for that one. I just I feel like the the young Texans are too young and naive to know that they're not supposed to be here, that they're not supposed to knock off Lamar Jackson. They're not supposed to go in, ba- in Baltimore and beat John Harbaugh, who's already won a Super Bowl. The Ravens, who have been to multiple Super Bowls, this experienced Ravens team has been on ice. And uh, there's there's a thought about, at least for me, in football, you know, rest can help you, right? Having a week off or not, bang, 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 bang can help you. But also, there's a, something to staying hot and 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 playing for your life. And the Texans have. You know, I also was thinking about the Texans' last two games. They were in the Dome. They were in the Colts' stadium, in their own stadium, and they got wins to keep their season going. Now they got to step outside in the elements. We'll, we'll get to that. I got calls coming in. Let's go to Pat in Floral Park. What's up, Pat? You're on the fan. Yo, what's up, Keith? Um, look, man. I think today that hater signing was kind of like a little bit of the icing on the cake as to the Yankees' incomplete offseason. Look, I'm not saying they've had a bad offseason, obviously. They got Juan Soto, Verdugo. I I actually like the Stroman signing, too. A lot of people don't like it. I think that's a good signing. But I think hater to Houston kind of shows Houston's loading right back up. They're willing to spend a little bit of money. Texas is not going anywhere. Baltimore's only going to get better, so I don't know. What what did you think of the Hater contract? I thought it was a good deal for Houston. Uh, I think it was let's see, ninety five million for five years. I thought That's a lot of money. I thought yeah, and I and like just when I saw the numbers, I was like, there's no way the Yankees were going to do that. They're going to save money for Juan Soto. They have to try and bring back Juan Soto next year. They have uh, multiple guys with three hundred million dollar deals. And they have the most confidence in their bullpen and finding guys to close games and 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 pitching those late innings. They don't look at Josh Hader as like okay a need. And I also thought there was no way Bro was cutting a flow to join the Yankee show. There's no way he was cutting his hair to be a Yankee. Oh, that guy's 100%. got long hair down 100%. to his back. He he's gonna go to Texas, fit right in with with Houston. And you know what? Houston doesn't scare me. I want the smoke. Like, don't you want to exercise those demons? Like, what the hell did we get Juan Soto for? Did everybody watch the 2019 World Series when him and the Nationals saved the world and beat the Astros? Like, that's why you go get a Juan Soto. I'm not, I don't know. I'm just not so worried about the hater signing. And I saw so many Yankee fans crying about that. I, what was the offer that the Yankees gave Josh Hader? Yeah. I never saw one reported. Yeah, I didn't see one. Um, yeah, I mean, this. also one other point I wanted to make. I don't fault the Yankees for not – going all in on a guy like Snell or even Montgomery, because I don't think either of those guys are worth $200 million. I know Montgomery just had, I know Montgomery just had an awesome postseason, but we haven't seen him been uh, a dominant ace like Garrett Cole, like Kershaw back in the day. He's nowhere near that level. I think he's like a three in most situations. I think he's just coming off a great playoff run. Sure. And he's getting a lot of clout. Happy for him. But they know him well. And Blake Snell, like, Inconsistent, Blake Snell. Yeah, that's I what I'm think saying. Last night, I'm just like, he's a good pitcher. He's a Cy Young winner. But we like, if you watched him, you know the mo on him walking guys and him not going deep in games. And I, like, I just don't see the Yankees, and they're not gonna. I don't see the Yankees giving him 200 million, giving Monty 200 million when you gave Rodon 162 million, and you don't know what he's gonna be. So imagine yep. having two guys in the rotation that you're paying that much money, and they both could be duds. Yeah, man, I couldn't agree more. Thanks for taking the call, man. Thanks for the call, Pat. You know, I just, I don't know, I, I'm doing this back and forth online all day with Yankee fans, and I will. You know, I got to get Carabas on. I got to hit Carabas and bring Carabas on next week because I'm looking at Carabas and I'm drinking the Red Sox tears. The Red Sox fans, they don't know what's going on right now. Carabas wrote, the Red Sox ownership fired Bloom, indicating a change in direction. Then they told you they were going full throttle this offseason, but didn't sign or trade for a single frontline pitcher. Then told you they were cutting payroll all within four months' time. They don't. They they're confused what they want to do, and I'm not confused what the Yankees want to do. The, like the Yankees' biggest need was not pitching. They always pitch. They always find pitching. They currently have arguably the best pitcher in the league. What was the problem? They didn't address left field last year. Now they have multiple guys. Boone said today, yeah, I'm going to play judge in center field. But when we do that, there's also going to be days that judge is going to DH. And don't forget about Trent Grisham. 
Trent Grisham can play center field when Judge DHs. And if Giancarlo is in the shape that he's in, Giancarlo's another outfielder. Verdugo, they expect Jason Dominguez to be back sometimes this, sometime this summer sooner rather than later. Now you have professional outfielders. You don't have this cast of rotating characters in the outfield, journeymen or infielders playing in the outfield. They address that need. They address that issue. I think the pitching right now, when you mix in a Marcus Stroman, a healthy Nestor Cortez, which I see a lot of you being pessimistic about Nestor, just follow him online. Just look at his Twitter and his Instagram. I'll see if Nestor wants to come on. I text him. He's not going to be up here for the Pinstripe Pride event because he's working. He's down there in Florida. He knows how important it is to bounce back and stay healthy and pitch a lot of innings this year. He wants to be an all-star again. He wants to get paid. Clark Schmidt. I feel like we we just underestimate Clark Schmidt, who was a top draft pick, who was homegrown, who last year built through the year, right? In the beginning of the year, I was telling people, don't go to the stadium when Clark Schmidt is starting. By the end of the year, I'm like, boy, Clark. He's a major league pitcher. So I, I get it. Yankee fans are just never satisfied. But you can't have the world. You can't have every player. And I told you, newsflash, they did not fire Brian Cashman. So Cashman's still moving the way he's always moved. Orlando in New Jersey. What's up, Orlando? You're on the fan in New York. Keith, what's up, bro? How you doing? Good, good. Watching uh, Lindy Ruff and the New Jersey Devils now. I feel, I feel, I feel exactly how you feel. I feel like before you sounded kind of messy before. Before you, you didn't sound so happy. I never called before because I wanted to call. I sounded and, you know, kind I, of messy. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, you, you, you sounded kind of sad all the time. Like, and I feel you. I was like, I was sad too. My heart was broken. I'm your age. I'm 35. Oh, during the and, season um, last year? Yeah, during the season. I always wanted to call, and it was just like every time like we had something going, you know, we would just. I didn't believe. I, it would break I, my I was, heart. It I was talking about heart. the roller coaster, right? I rode that roller coaster yes, yes. until July 17th. I, I had to get off it. I, had I got to get off, off the roller coaster, and I went through the motions with you guys, but I'm like, this team is not a winning team. They're not going to win a damn thing. Then when they had that nine-game losing streak, I'm like, I, I, I tried to get in front of this. You sounded so sad, but now I'm 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 with you, man. I like all the moves. I think they're the small moves to make, and I just feel like we're at where we need it. But what about Bauer? What's up with him? Like I know that he, uh, you know, he didn't really do nothing. Yeah, I was listening to BT and Sal today say, "How come no nobody asked Cashman about Bauer?" And we could get we could get him for the low. I mean, I, they might think about it once they get in the spring training. If nobody's grabbed him, that'll be an evil empire move. That'll be a f you. We don't care what you think. Give us Bauer for the low. We are going for it. But I, I've been on record saying I'm just aware of the PR uh, storm that it's going to bring. It'll bring in people that aren't even baseball fans. It'll be, bring in people I that know, can't, I, I can't name any I, Yankees, I, I just, but they yeah. just want to cancel him, and they, they want to protest, and they want to make a scene for social media. All right. They got a cap in the Kim, but I get it. So, all right. I'm, I'm real happy. I like Clark, too. I, I feel like Clark should be our number two because the way he ended the season – he looked really, really good. Like, if we were going to go to the players, I thought that he should have been at the forefront with, with, with Cole, you know? Like, I feel like he needs the flowers, too. We'll see. We'll see how he, like he's going to do it again. Like, he's got to do it again, you know? He's got to do it again. he got to do it again. Thanks for the call, Orlando. Oh, sorry, bro. He just was... <laughs> call back. He was just about to say something else. <laughs> Hit me on Twitter, at Keith McPherson. But, yeah, you know, speaking of doing it again, these other teams in the division have to do it again. Lucas Giolito is going to save the Red Sox? I, I don't believe that. Even though the Red Sox dominated the Yankees, they finished behind the Yankees. The Toronto Blue Jays are always fraudulent. This uh, Uriel Rodriguez guy is going to turn them into a bona fide postseason. Like, come on, bros. We've gone through this. That's why I was saying. I, it's like I, I, I read these Yankee fans that are just crying and complaining. I'm like, you guys didn't watch the games. You definitely didn't go to the games because when you go to the games and and you're having conversation with other fans around you about guys in the lineup, guys in the field, what's going on, you know that these aren't our guys. You know that these aren't the New York Yankees. There were a lot of journeymen, a lot of uh, unproven players, even at the end of the year, some young players. That's not the case. That's not the case anymore. Tampa Bay. I don't know, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with what is going on with Wander Franco, but the more I read about these WhatsApp messages that he was sending to this little girl, they need to put this man under the jail. He shouldn't see the light of day. 
And that was their guy. That was the one guy that Tampa Bay decided to give the big money deal to. And all I hear about is how the Tampa Bay Rays, the Tampa Bay Rays win 90 games every year. They always do more with less. They made a huge mistake with that. And I'm telling you, it's going to affect that team. Let's see if Randy Arose Compoyo can just power them to a World Series this year. I doubt it. Yeah, it's weird. I think the issue that most Yankee fans have is they're scarred from last year. Because they don't. Know. I am not. Because it's not that. Right. How many seasons have we watched? Right. I think they're scarred by eighty-two and eighty because they've never seen the team be that bad before. I think they're. I think they're probably scared of Aaron Judge getting hurt again. I think they don't know what they're to expect from Garrett Cole. Now that's another thing. I'm like, do you got you guys? Just like I don't know. I know I don't get to watch as much baseball as I would like, but I I, I do watch Quick Pitch every night. I was on MLB Network. I, like, I, I was in the MLB fan cave. I'm just aware of the league and the players in the league. I, I, I'm, I'm Yankee glasses. I'm focused on my team. But, like, Juan Soto being on this team changes his team. Absolutely. So if Judge does go down with a hammy, God forbid, I don't even want to speak that into existence. Well, you actually have to because he has a history of being hurt. And that's not a that's not like a stupid. He's not, not injury prone. Up. No, you didn't say he was injury prone. No, he has but he has, an inju- he has a history of being hurt. Yes, whether it's his fault even, or not his fault. Even before the, he ran into the wall, he slid and he had a hip injury last year. We know about the first rib that yep. he cracked. He got hit by pitch and was out with a wrist uh, fracture. So, like, he's a big guy. He plays the he's game hard. He's an alien. Like, he's going to get hurt because a get human's hurt. not supposed to he goes hard. play like that. And exactly. then I hear people talking about Judge coming back. Oh, well, Judge came back at the end of the year. He was compromised. He was clearly hurt. He was playing with special cleats. He had a bum toe. That's not the judge you're about to see this year. Yeah, it's it's again, I'm on your side. I think the Yankees are obviously better, but I think Yankee fans are scarred by the fact that they didn't spend any money. Or even, we'll go even back though, and watch Yankee classics or right, something. Even, go to YouTube yeah. and look at the old Yankee stuff to get yourself revitalized and, and back in the spirit of things. Like I saw someone talk about uh oh well the Yankee fans aren't the same anymore. They hate the team. Nah. The Bleacher Creatures have shirts. Shout, shout out to Jeezy and the Bleacher Creatures that have shirts. I have the same shirt. It says, we never left. Right. I, I, the Yankees might have left the World Series for 15 years. The diehard Yankee fans that go to that stadium, we never left. And you just said it. You're the mo- you're one of the most diehard Yankee fans I know. You said last year the Yankees weren't going anywhere. And that's not you. I know the difference. Right. And, and again, how many times have we spoken about there's a difference between being a fan of a team and being realistic about expectations, right? I know what Obvi- I was looking at. Right. Just, Obviously, I- you, you hope you were wrong last year. You hope the Yankees would go on a run, but sure. you ended up being right. So it's, hope I is mean, not that's a strategy. Fandom. Hope, hope, hope. We got watch the team. That's what I'm saying. I, I had, I had a baby. I had to step out from April, May into June. I, I couldn't go to as many games, but I watched the games. I watched the post game, and I'm like, this team is trash. They can't score. Remember, I used to come on here. Three is the magic number because <laughs> they couldn't score more than three runs. That's not going to happen. So you guys are so worried about the rotation, so worried about the pitching staff. Okay. If they're scoring eight runs every night, they'll be fine. And I know eight runs is ridiculous, but it is realistic when you think about, okay, Juan Soto batting in front of Judge. He's got that protected. Like, okay, walk walk Juan Soto. Walk Aaron Judge. We'll see what the rest of these guys do. High tide raises all boats. I'm not stressing it, bro. I'm just not. Tony's in Wayne, New Jersey. What's up, Tony? You're on the fan. What's up, Keith? Big fan, man. Thanks for calling. Appreciate I it. Just- Awesome. I just want to elaborate on everybody speaking out on the Josh Hader signing. We're not spending any money. If you watch baseball and you know how good of a position that we are in right now, um, I'm in a, like a group chat, like with all my cousins. Everybody's calling for Cashman's head. Like they want Snell. They want Monty. And all reality is I, I really don't think that they're the answer. You look at everybody in the trade and in the, in the, uh, that's available for trade, if you go into the season and see what you have, and then you, we have the pieces to make a trade for Dylan Cease if we had to, or Kerbin Burns if they decide to trade him. But we're in a perfect spot. Everybody calling for um, uh, for Hayter and for this one, for that one, those guys ain't the answer. Yeah. We make good bullpen arms. Hayter's not going to win us anything. I agree. He's, he, he's definitely, um, uh, you know, he could definitely be the guy, the closer. But how could you doubt what Boone and Cashman, all these guys, they would find the relievers for cheap? You know what I mean? Yeah, and I just don't doubt the the leadership of the team, the personalities on this team, and how bad those guys want to win. Uh, and and when Boone, I mean, uh, Cash said, like they 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 can do more, they can add more. They and uh, trust me, Cash. If you know, I know Cashman knows. Cashman knows guys are gonna get hurt. And he says they can improve the team until it's pencils down on July 31st. 
So you might feel like, oh, this is it. This is it for the year. No, they're they're gonna they're gonna be checking on trades. And trust me, if, if the team struggles, they're not gonna let this team go on a losing streak. They're not gonna let this team falter. They will make the moves to bolster this team. And I think they have a lot of competitors, a lot of energy, a lot of swag that has been missing from the Yankees. It's not gonna be a young Anthony Volpe out there trying to find himself. He's a year better. It's not gonna be a concussed Anthony Rizzo who doesn't know how many outs there are at first base. You know what I'm saying? Like People forget what went on last year. Like it was, it was an off year for a I lot agree. of different factors and guys. Especially too. I don't know if you heard Boom talk, um, uh, talk uh, today, but he said that Juan Soto's going back two. Yeah. And Judge back three. Yeah. That I, is significant for our lineup because think about it all the times uh, Soto walks. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then DJ might lead off. DJ Verdugo two. and Glaber he suggested as lead off. So that might mean, depending on who's pitching that day, they might mix it up. I'm fine with it. Let's, they're not locking DJ in as the only leadoff hitter. They're saying potentially it's Verdugo, potentially Glaber, depending on who's hot. Sometimes Glaber gets hot where he's the hottest hitter on the team for two weeks. I 100% agree. And what main thing to me is what I, what I love what Cashman said is, you know, we're not, we're not done. We're still looking at, to, to add. And I don't know if you ever saw, but there was a report before that when the – they had a, actually the deal for Soto trade at the deadline, but it didn't go through. And then that's what made it kind of easy to mm. push through. I, I can't remember who said that. I think I was watching MLB Network. Yeah. yeah. But it made it kind of easy that they done had the players in, in, you know, in pursuit of it. Yeah. So if you think about it, if they, if they talk to Milwaukee or if they talk to uh, Chicago or talk to Cleveland, you know Cashman Dunn did. So you know there's got to be something set. Yes, and when those have. teams open up the season struggling and have nothing to play for in June, July. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not worried, man. I'm I'm very excited for the season to start. <laughs> like, I, I just want to get to it. I want to get to the actual games so we can stop all this nonsense with these pessimistic Yankee fans. That like, I just nothing is good enough. They're 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 not going to be satisfied until um we're going down the Canyon of Heroes, and I get that too. I hundred percent. I just want to say one more thing. Just because the guy's available doesn't mean he's the right guy. You can't just go and spend money just because they're there. We did that with Rodon last year. That's why I'm like saying you like can't. had to make a move, and we're stuck with Rodon, a guy that, that gets hurt. I said last year he gets a phenomenal picture, but gets hurt. And honestly, his actions and his way he did, blowing kisses to the fans, stuff like that, who really knows if he's meant for New York? I hope he is. I hope he, yeah, I, I hope he his second year, act. But. A lot of guys are are better in their their second year. And I, thanks for the call, Tony. I I look forward to seeing his second act. I don't think he could be any worse than he was last year. He got hurt in spring training. He didn't come back till the second half of the season. He's blowing kisses in Anaheim on the road. You can't even handle the the Yankee fans that live in California. <laughs> and then uh, that Royal start that was the worst start I think I've ever seen in the history of the New York Yankees. He couldn't get an out. He could not get a single out. And that's how he rode off into the sunset the first year of his Yankee career. And if you remember, he said, yeah, I'm going to go away. I'm going to get away from my family. I'm going to get away from baseball. It was kind of dark. But that time has passed. Now he's in Tampa. He looks slimmed down. Maybe he's eating better. Maybe he's working out harder. Maybe he's more motivated to show people, hey, my career is not done. That's not who I am. I am going to bounce back. I want to win. He had the right mentality last year. He was the one talking about, ah, I'm not here to pitch in April. I'm here to pitch in October. So if he knows that and can potentially be half of what we like thought he was going to be coming out of San Francisco or what we saw at the White Sox, they're, they're going to be all right, man. And they're not banking on that. They're not banking on that. Stroman was a steal of a deal. And if Stroman is together, right, I, I understand. There are three guys in the lineup that were hurt half of the year last year, but last year is last year, right? And I was saying, you got to show me again. Baltimore's got to show me again. Baltimore's got to show me again. They did a whole documentary on their 101 wins. Not one postseason win, but they shot this whole documentary on 101 wins. You know what that tells me? They were putting that film together last season thinking that they were going to make a postseason run. Then what do you do with all the footage? <laughs> you got to release it anyway. That's goofy as hell to me. Think about how many Yankee movies and Yankeeographies and DVDs and things like they should start filming these Yankees. Start filming these Yankees in spring training quietly, right? So we can see what what this season turns into. You got to show me again. No two seasons are alike, and uh, I, I don't fear the AL East. I'm not saying that the Yankees are the best team in the AL East. I'm not saying they're the best team in the American League, but I'm saying who has done more in their division? Who has done more in the league? The Astros also don't scare me because they signed Josh Hader. I want the smoke with them. The Texas Rangers are not going back-to-back. -back. Nobody wins back-to-back -back World Series. 
The central is the central. I can't wait for baseball to start. 877-337. Oh, actually, don't call. Coming up, Charles Davis, who calls games for CBS. We are going to now shift gears and talk about the NFL divisional round. You'll hear my takes. You'll hear my thoughts. And Charles, who obviously knows more about football than me, will weigh in. Keith McPherson on the fan. Don't go anywhere. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Be right back. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Play fake. Jones rolls left, throws left, wide open for the touchdown is Bellinger. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Okay, joining us right now, Charles Davis from NFL on CBS. You guys may be familiar with him. And uh, my phone is ringing. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's never happened before. What it was, Paulie, it, it happened from my MacBook being open. My phone is silent. Charles, I'm sorry about that. No no worries at all. I think that is a occupational hazard in 2024. Yeah. You know? I, I think it happens to just about everyone. My phone's connected to my MacBook. That sound came from my MacBook, not my phone. Sorry. Yep, I got, hey, I got you. <laughs> Listen, you, you're, you're cleared as far as I'm concerned. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for taking time on your Friday night to talk some football with us on The Fan. It's a football Friday. Are you excited for this weekend's game? I, I think, you know, the first weekend, the, the wild card round, not that great. Some blowouts, only one real close game. I think we're going to see some really good games this weekend. Yeah, that's what we're hoping for, right? I mean, I think we always start with Super Wild Card Weekend and hopeful that we have some good games that come out of it, and you never know how it's going to turn out. But at least we have some great storylines going into this weekend, and it's kind of interesting to me that when we always talk about quarterbacks, right, we're going to center in on them. The AFC is the star power quarterbacks. On the NFC side, there's so many quarterbacks trying to get there, and I don't think we think about it initially. But when you sit down, Keith, there's one quarterback in the NFC side has been to a Super Bowl, and that's Jared Goff of the Detroit Lions. And I don't think it readily comes to mind to people. You're like, all right, what do we have here? He's that guy. And it's the interesting part about going to these playoffs because where is the true star power? Probably in San Francisco. They've been there before, but the quarterback that's playing for them now, Brock Purdy, was not the quarterback the last time they went to the Super Bowl with Kyle Shanahan. So it's going to be a fun weekend, I think, overall. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm definitely rooting for Jared Goff and the Lions. Much rather see them get to the Super Bowl over the San Francisco 49ers. But uh, let's go game by game. Are you on the call for any of these games this weekend? No, no. We're Our crew, we finished um, our last game of the regular season with the new TV contracts and who gets what and all that. This was not our year. So we hope to be back next season for a playoff game. Okay, but you've called some games um, for some of these teams this year. Yeah. You, you've probably met with some of the players and covered them this year, right? Sure. Sure, absolutely. I mean, I think the vast majority of teams still left, yeah. So, man, this first game has been on my mind heavy. I bet I bet the games. I didn't I didn't win a, a dollar last week. I took a bad <laughs> bet in the games last week because 
I mean, you just, it's, it's hard to call. You know, I, I was maybe that's on... why, maybe that's why your phone's ringing. People are looking for you. So <laughs> you got to be careful out there. Don't yeah. let them know. Don't let them get a fix on you. The now. people at All FanDuel, right? they're like, come back. We'll match your deposit. <laughs> come, come on back. <laughs> so this Houston Texans, Baltimore Ravens game, I'll give you my thoughts and I want to hear your expertise, right? The Houston okay. Texans, D'Amico Ryan's rookie head coach, CJ Stroud, rookie quarterback. Uh, Will Anderson, rookie. These guys are about to do what the Jets did last year, have the offensive and defensive rookies of the year. When I look at this young team, I just feel like they're too young to realize that they're not supposed to be here, and they're also too young to hear any of the noise about what they can and can't do. Uh, Last week I saw on the national championship Pat McAfee's crew tell C.J. Stroud to his face that they didn't have a shot, and he basically had the Kobe Bryant look on his face. I know he's a Lakers fan. Like, oh, oh yeah, we don't have a shot. And then he went out there and balled, and the defense did the rest. Yeah, They've been playing playoff football the last two weeks. They played indoors, though, in, uh, in the, the Colts Arena, uh, Lucas mm-hmm. Oil Stadium, and then in their own place, NRG Stadium. Now they have to go to Baltimore. It's a little cold out here on the East Coast, and they got to face an experienced Ravens team with a lot of hungry veterans and a Super Bowl-winning head coach, and not to mention – the MVP in Lamar Jackson. I think this is going to be a hell of a game. Uh, I think the Texans cover because if the Texans were able to do what they did against the Browns defense, they got to feel like they can, you know, get somewhere on the Baltimore Ravens defense. And last but not least, Lamar Jackson being off the last two weeks, not playing against the Steelers um, and not playing that first round with the bye. He started off this season himself saying that he was rusty, right? He came out this season kind of slow in Todd Munkin's offense, and he tweeted out, you know, I'm rusty after missing half the season last year. I just am worried about him being rusty, that offense not clicking. We thought Mark Andrews was coming back. He's not actually going to play. What are your thoughts on this Houston Texans-Baltimore Ravens matchup, the first game tomorrow at 430? Well, I think that, you know, what you said about Houston, um, I I tend to co-sign with said it before the playoffs that they would be a team that would be dangerous if you drew them early because they don't understand that the playoffs are a time you're supposed to be a little more tense and you're supposed to tighten up and this is this is different young and ignorant sometimes really works for you and it works very well for this Houston team I don't worry much about the weather Stroud played at Ohio State that was outdoors (laughs) it gets a little cold in Columbus um, and, and playing a Big Ten schedule his number one receiver, Nico Collins, is a Michigan guy. Mm-hmm. Both of them used to that. So I don't I don't worry about that nearly as much as I would worry about if you had precipitation. Rain, wind is what bothers quarterbacks more than anything else. If you don't have that, they tend to find their way through it. Um, as far as Baltimore, look, that defense got better as the season went along. Houston obviously got better as it went. So people who are looking at that season opener when they play, just take that film and throw it out. It almost doesn't matter. But both of them got better as the season went on. Lamar Jackson remembers in 2019 when he did exactly what you described. Took the last week of the regular season off, had the open week. They were the number one seed, played Tennessee, and got beat. I think he's going to approach it differently this time. I think Baltimore's going to approach it differently. We'll find out pretty quickly in this ball game. But that defense that the Ravens have, trying to solve them will be interesting because Houston's trying to do things now. Running the ball more with Devin Singletary, something they didn't do very well because Damian Pierce wasn't given them much earlier this year. And can they keep Stroud protected long enough for him to throw the ball downfield, which is something he likes to do. It's going to be a fun matchup. I think Mike McDonald, the defense coordinator for Baltimore, might have a few different looks that they're going to have to solve as they go along. I think it's going to be a fun game. One more thing from that game for the Jets fans listening. Dalvin Cook is going to be activated. Do you think he's going to be a factor at all for the Ravens' run game? I think that they'll have a package for him and and, and see if he gives them something that they're looking for. But here's the thing. Gus Edwards has run the ball very well for them. He's averaging well over five yards a carry. You're looking at Justice Hill has been the change-up for them. I don't think that they're going to want to have Dalvin Cook take away a lot of carries from those guys unless they absolutely have to. But it would be nice to have him activated because he's a heck of a lot better third runner right now than the recent release Melvin Gordon, who it feels like has hit the end of the line. All right, so let's move on to the next game. Tomorrow we're going to see Brock Purdy and uh, that three-headed monster on offense with the San Francisco 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, calling the plays. I mean, that Niners defense. So here's (laughs) what I've been saying to folks listening to me talk about the game. I'm a – 
unfortunately, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, and nobody uh, told me that they were going to choke against the Packers. <laughs> that was supposed to be the soft landing no, spot. No, hold a second. No, no one told you that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I knew better. Your Cowboys, no yeah. one said but I just, I just, I'm like, I, I know, I know they're frauds, but like, not that fraudulent, not that no, fast. No, I didn't see that coming either. But the idea that no one told you that, everyone told you that. You just told them that they were wrong this year. No, ninety percent of people <laughs> had money on Dallas. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, but everyone had money on Dallas. You know what they did? I knew it. I knew it. Yep, <laughs> so can't, yep, went, can't right? trust them. Can't First trust thing they said, right? They, they went flavor, flavor. Can't trust it. So. <laughs> We're on the phone with Charles Davis, who calls the NFL for CBS. This Green Bay Packers game, I just think, again, it's the youngest team in the playoffs, age average 25, and you got Jordan Love playing in his first playoff game in Jerry World, looks unfazed. He looks like he's playing backyard ball. I've been comparing <laughs> him and, and uh, C.J. Stroud. They're making uh, off-balance throws. They're about to get hit. They're dropping the ball in, and... They're just doing what they got to do to stay alive, not get sacked, and put the ball where their receivers can get it. And it, it's turning into yards and points for them. So uh, C.J. Stroud did it, and I think Jordan Love uh, could possibly give the uh, Niners some fits, but the Niners' defense is not the Dallas Cowboys' defense. The Cowboys' defense, they don't have a middle linebacker after Leighton Van Der Esch went down. Aaron Jones was able to run the ball. That's not going to happen with Fred, Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw, and the Cowboys weren't able to get one sack. So... If Jordan Love is able to make miraculous throws without being sacked by Nick Bosa and uh, Dervon Hargrave and you know Chase Young and Randy Gregory and all these guys that they have on that defensive line, then maybe they have a shot. But I, I do expect the uh, 49ers that are rested that are still thinking about getting knocked out of the NFC Championship in Philly last year to come out and handle business. But I don't expect the Packers to just absolutely get rolled and laid down. What do you think? about this matchup, especially with Shanahan and LaFleur knowing each other pretty well. Yeah, I tend to agree with that, and it'll be interesting to see how the game is played because so many people are looking at it and saying, remember, Green Bay got off to such a great start against Dallas, right? Got the pick sixes, jumped out to the big lead, and made Dallas make the big chase, and, and people are saying that's what Green Bay's got to do against San Francisco. I see it a little bit differently. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Of course you want to be out in the front and make everybody come get you. But to me, when you're playing a team that's a big favorite and you're playing them at their place, everyone expects them to win, just stay close. Just keep the game in doubt. The pressure ratchets up exponentially on the favorite as the game goes on if they haven't shaken you. If all of a sudden they look up in the third quarter and you're still right there, do they handle that? To me, that's Green Bay's key right there. Don't get run out of it. If you, if you equate it to a golf tournament, don't shoot a high score and miss the cut line on Thursday, Friday. Just get yourself to the weekend. Give yourself a chance. Mm -hmm. That's what Green Bay has to do in this one. And if they do, and I'm not saying that San Francisco won't handle it, but to me, just get to that point and see if they do handle it. See if Brock Purdy and guys are up to the task. See if you can make San Francisco get a little jumpy on defense and get more aggressive and you can take advantage of it. That's the key to me with Green Bay in this ballgame. I like San Francisco. I think that they are a decided favorite in this game, and Green Bay is going to be game. But I think ultimately this 49ers team coming off the rest, understanding it, how they practiced this last week, I just like San Francisco at home in this one. Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys helped them out since that game was over in the second quarter. We all saw Kyle Shanahan said, yeah, we started getting ready for Green Bay in the second quarter. Yeah. quarter. Green Bay didn't have the advantage to start getting ready. For them, I, I think that Brock Purdy knows that this is his time, right? Last year, his time was cut short, and obviously he won all those games and then got knocked out of that um, Eagles game. I think that Brock Purdy makes the throws, and I think that they have three guys over there with the 49ers, Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, and even Jordan Mason, that they'll just be able to run the ball, run the clock out, and uh, you know get out of there with a win. So Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I'm looking forward to watching and seeing what Kyle Shanahan has cooked up for this one because – Remember, in recent years, all of a sudden we saw <laughs> the best left tackle in the game, right, going in motion and leading on running plays, yeah. right? So what is the next iteration of something like that? Kyle Shanahan's mind is pretty fertile. I have no, I have no doubt in my mind he's going to come up with something else that we're going to go, oh, we haven't seen that all year. Yeah, we'll see if these young guys for Green Bay are up for the task, but I think they, uh, they revert back to the 9-8 and eight team 
in Santa Clara. So Sunday, Tampa Bay, the Tampa Baker Buccaneers, as I like to call them. <laughs> <laughs> These guys got to go to Ford Field and uh, face the Detroit Lions. Story of the year. Uh, I actually wanted to say this on air because st- talk about story of the year. Everybody saw the guy that was crying when the Lions won the game, and then a story came out that that young man's father passed away, and his father helped build Ford Field. And when he was young, they had season tickets, and his dad would take him to games when the Lions weren't very good, and they would always talk about one day the Lions are going to be good. One day the Lions are going to host playoff games here. One day the Lions will win playoff games here. So when everybody saw that emotion out of that young man, he was thinking of his father who had passed. So I know a lot of people had fun with it. I kind of laughed at it too, but not laughed at it, but I'm like, hey, yeah. it means something out there. You got grown men crying, but obviously yeah. it was a little deeper. So I wanted to say that on air tonight. I don't think the Lions messed this up. The Lions went to Tampa earlier this year and 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 beat the Buccaneers in their building. I think the Buccaneers faced a banged up Eagles team that, that knew they were already cooked, knew that they couldn't yeah. make a run, knew they were out of it. They couldn't stop the blitz. They couldn't tackle a single person that night i think that this detroit lions team their whole thing is based on grit they're a lot tougher their offensive line's better they're gonna have a plan for jared Goff to protect him jared Goff's gonna be able to get that ball out to all of his skill position and and, and weapons uh, i i think it, it might be close because detroit plays some close games we've seen them in some close games win some close games this year we've seen them you know even against the cowboys lose a close game that i, I felt like they got robbed but i think that they uh they beat tampa bay in their uh own stadium and they go on to the NFC championship and the story continues. What do you say about that? Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree again. I just think that the key to this one for Detroit is to continue to play as the Lions have played all year long, where you're chasing something, where you're proving something, where, you know, you haven't arrived yet. The tough part for them is as soon as they won the other night and Tampa jumped on Philadelphia, and I think your assessment of that game was spot on. Philadelphia just as soon as would have not gotten on the plane if they could have avoided it, mm-hmm. right, to go to Tampa. They were done. Yeah. So all Detroit, had, you know, now everyone goes, oh, well, Detroit, they should win this game. This, That's a whole different ball game for Detroit than it's been for the last 30 years. <laughs> so they've just got to continue to play it the way they played all the way through. I have a lot of faith in Dan Campbell and that staff to continue to put that message out there for this team and having them at home. And the game will be better than they played in the regular season. Tampa's a much better team than they were during the regular season. So they're going to play them tough. They're going to play them hard. But I do think that Detroit continues to play, I'm not going to say like an underdog, but with a team that still has plenty to, to achieve and, 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 and to put out there for the rest of us to see. I think Detroit gets to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, you mentioned they have the only quarterback um, in the NFC. The that's, Super Bowl in yeah. the NFC. Yeah, Jared Goff, I'd I'd love to see his story continue with him getting to a Super Bowl with the Lions where he was kind of cast off to. So, uh, yeah. The main event, Sunday night football. Kansas <laughs> City Chiefs versus Buffalo Bills. Man, this is <laughs> this is the rematch everybody wants to see. I keep talking about this game and I keep going back to Kadarius Tony lining up off sides and uh Patrick Mahomes at the end of the game instead of going to shake Josh Allen's hand, he's crying <laughs> about the refs. I just think that the Buffalo Bills have been playing playoff football. They've been fighting for their lives the last few weeks since they fired Ken Dorsey. Josh Allen is running the ball, throwing the ball. He's a monster in the red zone. They're at home. The Bills Mafia is going to be out. Taylor Swift can't help the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Buffalo Bills, that two and a half, I don't think that two and a half is enough. I think the Buffalo Bills can roll the Chiefs. Um, I know Rasheed Rice showed up last week. Travis Kelsey still seems to be a little bit of a no-show. Uh, the Chiefs are going to have to rely on on Pacheco in that run game, but I just think the Buffalo Bills can hit you so many different ways with two tight ends, uh, Kincaid and Knox with multiple receivers now. You know, we heard that Stephon Diggs is banged up, but they got Hardy, they got uh, Khalil Shakir, Gabriel Davis. I know he was banged up too, but, you know, having multiple guys to go to in this Joe Brady run offense, you can't just zero in on one guy, James Cook has been great, too. I think Josh Allen and the Bills and Sean McDermott, they know this is their chance. They don't have to go to Arrowhead. The Chiefs have to come to them. They have to win this game Sunday night. Yeah, and that's I think that's the key to everything. This is what Buffalo's been talking about for the last five years. The, the scheduling gods always sent them to Kansas City in the regular season. The playoff gods 
well, the playoff guys are determined by how you finish during the year, and Kansas City had better records and had higher seeds, so they got to host those games. So they earned that. So that was five different times now, okay? They finally get them in Buffalo, something they've been jonesing for. Yeah, we'll see how good you are if you had to come to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Here they come. This is what you asked for. The interesting part to me, I was thinking about this during this time, you zeroed in on Joe Brady now calling plays. Joe Brady is calling plays on offense in tune with Sean McDermott as a head coach and defensive coordinator better than any coordinator they've had with Sean McDermott. And that's coordinators who had success. Dorsey's numbers weren't horrible when he left. In fact, they were upper part of the league, but they were imbalanced. Everything was throw, throw, throw. Brian Dayball would tell you, we are a throwing team that mixes in the run, and they moved the ball quite well. But Sean McDermott's a defensive coordinator at heart. He wants you to run the football and help his defense out. Joe Brady gets that. And they have gone from averaging about 25 runs a game to 36, 37 runs a game. Okay, And they're much more effective in what they're doing. Offense is clicking better. Gabe Davis is not going to go. Has a knee injury, but you mentioned the other receivers who are available so you can spread it around. Cook running the football. So it's going to be fun to watch how they operate. And if Josh Allen plays as he did against Pittsburgh, no turnovers, (laughs) fully in control, weather elements don't bother that big arm at all, and then when he takes off and runs, if he gets to second level, you're deciding whether you really want to handle that big guy or not. That team is dangerous, really dangerous. But don't count out Kansas City because I thought Mahomes played one of the best games he's played as a quarterback in bad conditions against Miami, took care of it, Gave them what they needed on a night where the defense was playing well for them, knowing that his weapons are limited because, as you mentioned, it's just Rasheed Rice, it's Travis Kelsey, and it's Isaiah Pacheco. And outside of that, not a heck of a lot more. And he found a way to you know to, to fashion it against the Miami defense is actually pretty good. So this is going to be a fun one. And I go back to one thing I remember when Tiger Woods was riding high, when he was the man, and they used to have those match play championships. Somebody jokingly drew him in, in the first round, and they asked him beforehand, beforehand what do you he said, I want to play Tiger Woods. Can't wait to play Tiger. He was joking. But they got out to the first tee, and Tiger walked by him and very quietly said, I heard you wanted me. Now you got me. <laughs> and went out and dusted him. I don't think we're going to have that, because I think Kansas City's like, yeah, you wanted us. Here we are. But Kansas City's not where Tiger was at that point. But they're still a dangerous opponent. This is Buffalo's chance. This is where it's got to happen, and it probably should. But don't discount some of the injuries on defense for Buffalo. Let's see if those show up and become factors. Yeah, a couple of things before I let you go. You know, I looked at Kansas City last last week. They just they get a a, a Miami team, a South Florida team that was frozen. Yeah, there. but don't don't overplay that. Don't overplay that. Yeah, but that. their defense was banged up too. They didn't have Bradley Chubb. They didn't have Van Ginkle. They didn't have Jalen Phillips. They didn't have Zayden Howard. This 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 South Florida team, like these guys have never been outside before. We've seen warm weather teams. Man, they were beat before they got off the bus. Bottom line, bottom line, my friend, better teams win in bad weather. Yeah, it's tough to play. It's tough to play. Kansas City, Kansas City was a better football team. Miami hasn't beaten anyone good all year, unless you want to count Dallas. Didn't matter. They could have played in a sauna. They could have played minus 50. Can't say better football team. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it's tough to play in Arrowhead regardless. And then I was going to say about Josh Allen running the ball, people were saying that he had a fake slide last week. That was not a fake slide. He didn't fake slide it. No. He didn't fake that slide it. That was a safety he, he bringing his him, arms. He froze him with a fake. Yep. That was a safety a not, not tackling his legs, just throwing his yeah. arms at him and he gave him a little stutter and took it to the house. I thought yeah. that was a boss run. and you know It was the- a great run. It wasn't a fake slide. Anyone who put it out there, when you watch it initially, you might want to get there with your brain. You watch it a second time, you realize it wasn't a fake slide. He never dropped his body weight no. to fake the slide. He He's 6'5", 240. He doesn't need to slide against he, the safety. He He's yeah, not he, looking to slide. He's looking to win. And You know what I thought was interesting, Charles? Playoff Lenny. They signed Leonard Fournette. And I thought they were signing him and keeping him kind of under wraps no, for a he's playoff cooked. run. He's cooked. <laughs> they released him. And, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's, he, look, the, the best days of Leonard Fournette are likely over.
because they're not releasing him if they think he can play. Yeah, James Cook is the guy. So they're ready to roll. James Cook had 18 carries last week. They don't need playoff Lenny. There is no more playoff Lenny. <laughs> and then if you got Josh Allen rushing for 74 yards, I, I think the, the Buffalo Bills are ready to go. I'm really excited for that game. And we got to let you go. Thanks for taking time out of your Friday night to join us, ladies and gentlemen. That's Charles Davis from the NFL on CBS on the fan in New York. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device, credit, service, ported, 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.